You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. One of the biggest mistakes people make today is they try and place too many rules and regulations upon themselves to live a better life. The key is not to suppress your flesh. The key is not to put too many laws upon yourself because when the law came, sin revived and I died. Are you led by the Holy Spirit? The greatest love that God has given us is that we can correct mistakes. Turn to the person next to you and say, everybody makes mistakes. I know you want to live a perfect life, but in trying to live a perfect life, you're going to make some mistakes. Nobody can live a perfect life without making some mistakes. The thing is, when we make mistakes, we often start fighting the wrong battles. Don't fight the wrong battle. Many of you think your spouse is the enemy. You think your boss is the enemy. I'm so grateful nobody said amen. That means you're not seeing your spouse as the enemy. Amen. But sometimes you think your wife is the enemy, your husband is the enemy, your boss is the enemy, your business partner is your enemy. They're not your enemy. Your real enemy is sin, not people. When we start fighting people, we are fighting the wrong battle. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't fight the wrong battle. How many times have we said in our hearts, I'm going to sort this person out. And you fight the wrong battle. Turn to the person next to you, tell them again, say, don't fight the wrong battle. People find themselves fighting the wrong battle. Sin is your real battle. Battle is against sin. Sin is your real enemy. Those are the battles we fight in our hearts. Things that go through our hearts. Things that you purpose in your heart. It has a major impact. In this world, we are not here to judge people. The good news is Christ came and dealt with sin once and for all on the cross. So the thing that is a problem right now, Jesus has offered the solution to the situation that you are facing right now. The question is, how do you get out of it? Who of you are facing some challenging times right now? Raise your hand. You need some wisdom. You need guidance. And you've been fighting with everybody. You've been rebuking everybody. You've had special prayer meetings where you've been binding and resisting. And nothing has changed. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm at the right place. At the right time. For my life to change. We can never improve a situation by criticizing it. But we have to show a more excellent way. It's easy to point our fingers and to say this and to say that. But you never improve a situation by criticizing it. The same is true of your own life. Now many people with whatever you are facing right now, they are prepared to jump into your shoes right now and say, let's change shoes. Because you don't know what they are going through. Amen? Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 18. I want to read from verse 9. If you want your situation to change, you have to take responsibility. You cannot behave like a victim because God is in control of your life. 
God is in control of your life. Because once you start blaming other people, you will never change. Because then it's their fault that you are behaving the way that you are behaving. So they must change for you to change. And what if they don't change? Then nothing in your own life will change. You're a free moral agent and can make your own decisions. You don't have to pray through anybody. You can enter into the Holy of Holies, enter the throne of grace and obtain help so that you can change. Amen? Listen what the Bible says in Luke chapter 18 verse 9. Jesus taught this parable to those who were convinced they were morally upright. And those who trusted in their own virtue, yet looked down on others with disgust. Self-righteousness is an ugly, nasty thing. It should never be in the church. Our righteousness should not come from ourselves and our good deeds, and the good things and the upright things that we do, but it should come from God. Jesus taught this parable to those who were convinced they were morally upright and those who trusted in their own virtue yet looked down on others with disgust. Once there was two men who went into the temple to pray. One was a proud religious leader. The other a despised tax collector. The religious leader stood apart from the others and prayed. So sad that people in spiritual authority want to disconnect themselves from people. If you're a shepherd, if you're a pastor, you should smell like the sheep. The Bible says, shepherd the flock of God which is among you. The religious leader stood apart from the others and prayed, how I thank you, O God, that I'm not wicked like everyone else. Just praying that is very wicked. Amen? Just praying a prayer like that is very wicked, to think that you are better than other people. That I'm not wicked like everyone else, they are cheaters and swindlers and crooks like that tax collector over there. God, you know that I never cheat or commit adultery. I fast from food twice a week and I give you a tenth of all I make. Never compare yourself to others. Compare yourself to Christ. The tax collector stood off alone in the corner away from the holy place and covered his face in his hands, feeling that he was unworthy to look up to God. Beating his breast, he sobbed with brokenness and tears, saying, God, please, in your mercy, and because of the blood sacrifice, forgive me, for I am nothing but the most miserable of all sinners. He's saying, I'm undeserving of your mercy, but have mercy on me and forgive me. Which one of them left for home that day made right with God? It was the humble tax collector and not the religious leader. For everyone who praises himself will one day be humiliated before all. And everyone who humbles himself will one day be lifted up and honored before all. The prayer, Lord have mercy on me, is the prayer that God heard. Not the man that said, I can do everything. When people make mistakes or have a business failure, what will they do? They'll point the fingers to other people and accuse them and say, it didn't work out because of that and that and that person. And people don't take responsibility for their lives. Here this man said, Lord, I am guilty. Dirty as I am, Lord, forgive me. 
family, listen to me. The worst of sins can be forgiven. It doesn't matter whether you've got a whole lot of sin or only a little bit of sin. You still need to be born again. You still need Jesus to wash and cleanse you with his blood so that you can be in right standing with him. Don't fight the wrong battle. Stop judging and condemning people. Jesus Christ came to remove condemnation. The devil condemns. The Holy Spirit convicts. The devil condemns. And if you as a brother are condemning people, you are busy with the work of the devil and not of the Holy Spirit. You cannot improve a situation by criticizing it. You have to show a more excellent way. God so loved this world that he sent Jesus Christ to remove all sin, guilt, and condemnation. People that do things wrong, they know when they've done something wrong. There's a dying world out there running away from Jesus because they think that Jesus is angry with them. Jesus is not angry with us. God the Father poured all his wrath out on his son Jesus. He became your sin so that you can become his righteousness. If you have become his righteousness, you look differently at every situation. Not with guilt, not with condemnation, not with judgment when people come to you. Don't fight people. Fight the right battle. Fight sin. Amen? Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I think I've been fighting the wrong battle. In whatever situation you are facing right now, the most important thing, your part, your role, is to acknowledge your part in your situation. If you have to be honest, a lot of things that you are facing right now, that you've been rebuking and binding and whatever, you've had your part to play. Oftentimes, the difficult things that we are facing, we are the architects of those difficult situations. Because we didn't obey the word of God. Many of the troubles of the conflicts that you're facing right now is things that you've said. Most of our problems, most of our challenges that we face are tongue problems. Things that you say. The Bible says if a man can control his tongue, he'll be perfect. How many times you've just afterwards said, I wish I'd never said that. Fight the right battle. Say somebody really does something wrong towards me. My wrong attitude in that situation is oftentimes the thing that hinders my prayers. Because now my heart is so filled with that offense towards that brother and what he has done wrong. But if I've taken the offense, I'm also wrong. The offended and the offender we both need forgiveness. If you believe that Jesus has died for all sin and that he has provided the answer and the solution and that he has forgiven you of all your wrongs, including all your offenses, you have no right to get offended with anybody. Even if you've messed up, maybe you're saying to me, Pastor, you don't know how I've messed up. My whole life I've messed up made wrong decisions, do the wrong things, say the wrong things, go to the wrong places, my friend, 
Jesus can still forgive you. Do you think all those things are greater than what Jesus did on the cross? No. Stop fighting the wrong battles. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Chronicles 33. I want to show you something. 2 Chronicles 33, verse 1. We look at this world and we see so much injustice and, and corruption and people lying and people stealing. Fight the right battle. Don't fight the people. See the spirit behind it. If you can deal with the spirit, the sin, people's lives will change. But people on their own can never change. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. For me to become a better husband, I need the help of the Holy Spirit. The problem that we have today is people are not looking for lasting solutions. They're looking for a temporary solution. You have to find a lasting solution. A lasting solution is a lasting relationship with Jesus Christ. 2 Chronicles 33 verse 1. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. But he did evil. In the sight of the Lord, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. This guy wasn't just evil. He was wicked. He did everything he's not supposed to do. You can go read through the whole thing. He raised up altars. He worshipped the host of heaven. He made his sons and his children go through fire. He went to soothsayers. He, went, he did practice witchcraft. He went to mediums. He, I mean, he did everything in the book that says, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. He just did it. And after he had done it, he made idols of these gods and placed it in God's temple. Do you think that's bad? Have any of you crossed the line that much? Let me see your hand. Okay, that means there's hope for all of us. Amen. <laughs> Turn to the person next to you say, there's hope for me. This guy was really wicked and evil. He did everything wrong, everything that God hated. As a matter of fact, if you, if you go down to verse 6, also he caused his sons to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinmon. He pressed soothsaying, used witchcraft and sorcery and consulted mediums and spirits. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. If you go to verse 9, so Manasseh seduced Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. He didn't just himself did all these evil and wicked things, but he taught a whole nation to do exactly the same. Turn to the person next to you and say, your sin affects those around you. They will do what you do. So be careful what you do. He was really bad. And God warned him and said, stop. And he didn't stop. So God sent an Assyrian army to take them captive. And he went into bondage. Go to verse 16. Now you would think, from a human point of view, all the things that he have done, you might say, wait, mm -mm. we can forgive all these things, but the fact that you brought these gods into God's temple... We're going to have to punish you in some way for this. From a human point, we might want to do that. Or you could have been led by the Holy Spirit, but you went to mediums and soothsayers and you practiced witchcraft. Don't think we can forgive that, Manasseh. Are we sometimes like that? But look here what God did. 
Verse 12. Now, when he was in affliction, he implored the Lord, his God, and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed to him. And he received his entreaty, heard his supplications, and brought him back to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. He didn't point fingers. He took responsibility. If you want your life to change, take responsibility. Humble yourself before God and say, Lord, forgive me. When you do that in humility and sincerity of heart, you'll see God will change your situation. He could have been fighting the Assyrians all his life. Blame them for being in bondage, being taken captive, taking him away from his beautiful home, probably a palace that he had. And he could have blamed situations and circumstances, but he didn't. He humbled himself before God and he said, forgive me. When you repent, be prepared to repay. If you read further down, verse 15, he took away the foreign gods and the idol from the house of the Lord and all the altars that he had built in the mount of the house of the Lord and in Jerusalem, and he cast them out of the city. He also repaired the altar of the Lord. Turn to the person next to you and say, repent and then repair. These are the characteristics of purity. This is what God wants. When you mess up, don't run from God. Run to God. David, when he messed up, he went to God. He said, Lord, what you require of me is a humble heart, a pure heart, a contrite spirit. And he repented. He said, Lord, restore back into my life. And God did it. If God did it for Manasseh, is going to do it for you. Stop fighting the wrong battle. If you go to 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Can you see that God requires a humble heart from us? A heart that wants to fight the whole time is not a humble heart. It's a heart that is full of pride. The Bible says strife is rooted in pride. And pride is one of the most ugly things before the throne of God. If you always want to fight, if there's always strife, go check your heart, you'll see there's pride. A servant of the Lord, 2 Timothy 2, when it talks about vessels of honor, a vessel of honor, go read it, 2 Timothy 2, a vessel of honor. You make the decision to be a vessel of honor. When you cleanse yourself from all these things, then he continues and he says, a servant of the Lord should not quarrel. Turn to your person next to you and say, fighting with people is not a good characteristic of a Christian. A person that tells you we have to fight is causing strife and strife is rooted in pride. And the book of Obadiah says, the pride of my heart has deceived me. So if you think fighting will bring the solution, you should say to yourself, I know my heart is deceiving me. You are fighting the wrong battle. This is why many people don't advance in life. Because every time they go to work, they think, my boss is going to fight with me today. My colleague is going to fight with me. 
So before you walk in there, strife is in your heart already. And when you go in there, you start fighting the wrong battle. 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. Forgive their sins and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Family, listen to me. Sin is the disease of the soul. That's why you need your soul to be saved. Where's the battle going on today? In your mind. That's why you have to renew your thoughts, your way of thinking to see the way that God sees you. When God looks at you, he's not thinking, oh, this wicked one. He's looking at you and seeing the price that was paid in full by Jesus Christ. Legally, legally, you can be a son of God today. Legally, you can be sanctified and your sins can be removed once and for all. Remember, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he died two deaths. Died a physical death and he died a spiritual death. His sin was placed upon you. Jesus said, everything that I do here on earth, I do it because I see my Father doing it. And my Father's eyes are upon me the whole time. Because I walk in righteousness, His eyes are upon me. But there came a time when the sin of all mankind was placed upon Jesus. And God the Father had to turn His face away. And Jesus said, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? The Bible said he died that spiritual death when he became your sin, but he had never sinned. And he went down to hell because that's the penalty of sin. Went down to hell. And for three days he was accused, he was condemned, he was ridiculed. For three days... Because your sin and my sin was placed upon him. And after three days, the father said, my son is innocent. He never sinned. He walked in righteousness. He became their sin. Because he became their sin, he died. But he never sinned. He's innocent. He has paid the price for them. Holy Spirit, go into hell and go get my son. Go justify him, go sanctify him, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, make him holy and disconnect him from the sin once and for all because his blood was shed. And the Holy Spirit went into hell made Jesus alive in his spirit. And the Bible says he is the firstborn, new life of the Holy Spirit that came into him. And he's the firstborn and he was raised from the dead. Then God the Father said, come and present the blood that paid the price. And when Mary wanted to touch him, he says, don't touch me. I've not been to my father I've been made holy by the Holy Spirit. I have the holy blood of the Lamb here with me. 
I have to go present. If you touch it now, you will contaminate it. And he went to the Father and he presented that blood. He said, you are forgiven. He says, now the Bible says in 1 John 2, he is our advocate. The one who paid the price is our advocate. When do you need an advocate? When you want to fight in court. When the devil brings an accusation against you, you have Jesus, your advocate, that says, I've paid that price in full. All that God wants from you is to acknowledge your position and say, I have sinned. When you make a mistake, be quick to repent. 1 John 1, 9, he says, when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. What does it mean? He, he's disconnecting you from the sin so that you can be righteous. Why is that important? When you are righteous, the eyes of the Lord are upon you in the same way that they're always on Jesus. The Bible says the ears of the Lord are open towards the righteous. So even when people treat you in a wrong way and say bad things about you, hold your peace and hold your position in righteousness. Then you'll find God will be your shield. Why do you think the Bible says, put on the full armor of God, that you can be ready? If you're not clothed with the right armor, you'll be fighting the wrong battle. Helmet of salvation, righteous breastplate, belt of truth, shoes of the gospel, the shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit. Are you clothed with the right armor? Or are you using the weapons of this world? Intimidation, blackmail, slander. Can you see how much we need the Holy Spirit not to fight the wrong battle? On your way to church, somebody cut you off. And you didn't even do anything wrong. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10. God designed us to feel remorse over sin in order to produce repentance that leads to victory. The devil would want you to sin because that's the way that he can connect himself to you. We love sinners, but we hate the sin. Jesus loves sinners, but he hates the sin. That's why he came to deal with the sin once and for all. Sometimes we fight the wrong battle. Let's say somebody is drinking in your house. Let's say the spouse is drinking. Now they have fights the whole time because he is drinking. The two of them are now fighting each other and not the real problem. The real problem is the alcohol and the drinking. If they come together in unity against the problem, then there'll be peace between the two of them. But right now they are fighting each other. And you should not do that. If our love is sincere, we should love the sinner, but we hate the sin. If we support the person in the sin, then our love is not sincere and it will not be able to stand the test of time. Because then you are supporting them in that. Amen? Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, love the sinner, but hate the sin. Don't judge them. Don't condemn them. Show them mercy. Because you need mercy. The Bible says be very careful when you want to judge people. 
because you can bring condemnation upon yourself. Romans 2 verse 1 says, Therefore you're inexcusable for whosoever or whatsoever you judge, you condemn yourself because you practice the same thing. If I judge somebody that say is smoking, where does judgment come from? From your heart. So if I judge somebody for whatever, they never, they always drive bad or they always smoking or they're always drinking or always, it doesn't matter what you're judging. That judgment comes from your heart. Where does God look? He looks right into your heart. So what does he see? He sees a cigarette in your heart. Don't judge people. Show them a more excellent way. When you do self-examination, say there's conflict between you and your spouse. Don't say she must change and be like this and that and then I'll be better. Go do self-examination and see what needs to change in your own heart to start to behave better towards her or for you to behave better towards your husband. And if there's something that's wrong and the Holy Spirit says, okay, you're too rude or you're too bossy or you're too arrogant or you're too stubborn, Lord, please forgive me. Help me to change. Wash me and cleanse me with your blood. Because if the change does not come from the inside, you'll be fighting for a lifetime and no change will come into your life. Turn to the person next to you and say, fight the right battle. Many people fight the wrong battle by bringing judgment and condemnation instead of preaching salvation and hope. Jesus came to show a more excellent way. Jesus came to deal with that thing that's frustrating you, that's keeping you back. Came to deal with it permanently. Other people again say, oh, no, it's fine, you can just go on. That's also a sin. You cannot just tell people go on. If your child is burning their hand against the plate, the hot plate the whole time, they're going to say, oh, it's fine, just, just go on, it will be better later. Will you do that? No. So we have to love people, but show them a more excellent way. When the Holy Spirit comes and touches your heart and convicts you, change. This is the greatest blessing that we have, that even as people that make mistakes every day, the Holy Spirit is still prepared to lead us and to guide us and to help us. Now I don't have to put laws and regulations, say, remember you must do this, remember you must do this. No, no, no. Now when I'm led with the Holy Spirit, maybe when I'm rude to somebody, as I turn around and I walk away, the Holy Spirit will say, that was not very nice, go make right. And I say, sorry my brother, I was a bit rude, please forgive me. Now it becomes easy because the Holy Spirit is helping me. He's not condemning me. He's leading me and He's guiding me so that I can become better, so that I can become more like God. Instead of fighting the whole time and saying, oh, yeah, I sorted that person out again. They now know. You'll be winning an argument, but you'll be losing the soul. God designed us to feel remorse over sin in order to produce repentance that leads to victory. This leaves us with no regrets, but the sorrow of the world works death. You were never designed to be a sinner. But all of us have sinned and messed up and fallen short of the glory of God. But he says when you repent truly, that repentance brings victory in your life. To go and say sorry doesn't mean you've lost you're busy winning. God is giving you the victory. When that is in humility and sincerity of heart, it will not just change your life, but the people around you.
in South Africa right now, we are so hard on each other. There's no tolerance. We're judging people. Let's be the ones with a heart that's full of love. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.